go. Let's go, love. April 2nd, 1939. The stars is in line. Divine intervention had its own intention. Birthed again in his DC kit. He sung heavenly. Good values and all. And his father was in the ministry. God fearing man with a mother that's so beautiful. The angels are server. What's her name? It's Alberta. This little boy quickly became a man. From blowing in his father's church to making his own band. Caught a moon glow. Sensational with his vocals that drove the ladies crazy. Panties got thrown at his shows, but he was far from happy. He wore a smile just to hide it behind him. Doors, him and his father constantly colliding. His blessings, young and struggling with pressures That the fact that his pops was a cross-dresser But he still loved him You know the bond between the son and father That only pushed him and forced him to sing harder His main man, Harvey Fuqua Gassed up his car, believed the sound And took him down to Motown, y'all That's where it all happened Success in the palm of his hand But unfortunate, the fame wasn't enough He wanted more out of life Took it further and found himself a white, pretty Anna Gordy She made his time sit still She was the cousin of Barry G The founder of Hitsville Please pay attention because the story it gets hell, shit's real Tribes and tribulations, some facing You gotta play the cards you dealt Ain't no telling what life deals That will cause you to have night chills Enough to keep a nigga bothered Especially when the negative spark's coming from your father Came into play, now wouldn't you know There goes another happy home down the drain That nightlife had him speeding through hell Scarred by the death of Tammy Terrell Couldn't believe it, he spiraled downhill Secluding himself from the music and the press He was sick and really getting depressed Time passed so we bounced back on track New and improved, even got himself a new wife too Everything is on the up and up Got his act together, spiritually cleansed You can see the glow up on his fella Try to make men's with his father But the hatred is too strong, revolver in his palm the warning that death was close, his mother screaming out, honey, don't do it. One shot to the chest, we marvel lose fluids. April 1st, he died on the spot. The scene was so horrific, how a father could kill his own son. The fines with me. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition 
of the Logan's Time Travel Musical Tribute Podcast. And today, this is your host, your co-host, Rob Silver, along with my partner in crime, Logan. Uh, Logan, by the way, man, happy birthday. By the time you hear this, Logan would have celebrated his birthday. We're recording this a day before his birthday, but when you hear it, it would have already been his birthday, and my birthday was a couple of days ago. So happy birthday to both members yes. of this sensational podcast, if I might not say. All right, now, today is part one, Logan, of one of the greatest singer-songwriters to have ever lived. And we started the show with what I consider the greatest tribute song ever, and it's the first time we've ever done a song that the actual artist, the actual subject that we, we, we talk about, did not perform that song. And this is a Marvin by Raekwon and the great CeeLo Brown with the incredible hook, Marvin. Your thoughts on this song before we go into the career of Marvin Gaye, the very first part of Marvin Gaye's career that we'll be talking about. Well, this song kind of chronicles the yes the tough <laughs> life that he had and then also the music and how it touched people talking about how women throwing panties at him and he's yep. tortured inside by his father. Yep. 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 Exactly. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, I just found it to be a tremendous biography of the singer. And the reason why I asked Logan to play this at the beginning, it's the perfect beginning to the first of two parts on Marvin Gaye's career that we'll be talking about. And it's a perfect segue to me talking about what happened before the next song that we'll talk about the, the on the short list. The two albums that we're looking at today, ladies and gentlemen, are on the short list of greatest albums in the history of music. We'll be looking at today Marvin Gaye's works, What's Going On, and Let's Get It On. Um, if you wanted to tell me that either album was the greatest album in the history of music, I wouldn't argue with you. If you wanted to tell me that they were the two greatest albums in music history, I would not argue with you. They're not my personal top two choices, but they are in the conversation, without a doubt. And I hate to, I hate to burst young people's bubble, and we get we have a lot of young listeners. There's nobody today, there's nobody in the last 20 years, maybe even, yeah, and no one in the last 20 years that have come close to producing quality from beginning to end, just top-notch music on any album like these two albums. But first, like Logan talked about, uh, Raekwon's Marvin, it's a perfect chronicle of his career in three and a half minutes. He touched upon goddamn near everything. So I'm going to talk a couple of, of, of things that he mentioned in the song. First first things first, the death of Tammy Terrell, which Raekwon, man, it, Logan, when he talked about Tammy Terrell in the song, chills went up my spine. And by the way, real quick, uh, real quick side note. You see the you see how this song was made five years ago. You see how Raekwon, when he started with the Wu Tang uh, Clan, Logan, and you could hear about him on his first on their first album, Into the Thirty Six Chambers, on our Wu Tang tribute podcast that's on the archives. 
you know this slogan when he came out, he was a street rapper. He was talking about because he grew up as a, he, he was raised in the streets. He was a drug dealer. But you don't always have to rap about the criminal element. You can progress and you could evolve. And he's evolved from street music to classics about great, great people. And he's done political music the whole nine. You can evolve. You could evolve. You don't have to stick to the same shit over and over again. How Raekwon is my age. How the fuck am I 51, 52, 54 years old talking about slinging on the corner? Slinging on the corner. No, come on. No, he, this is showing his progression as an artist in a perfect tribute. And the first part that we'll talk about from the song is the death of Tammy Terrell. Tammy Terrell collapsed on stage in Marvin Gaye's arms, Logan, um, sometime in 1967. I don't have the, the, the exact date, but she was young. She was in her early 20s, if I'm not mistaken. She was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And um, rumors have it that it was caused by the constant domestic abuse that was being given to her by her then boyfriend David Ruffin, the lead singer of The Temptations. David Ruffin was a drug was a was a hardcore drug addict, and he used to beat the hell out of Tammy Terrell. Um, some people think that she that tumor because it was a tumor in her head, brain tumor that it was caused from the constant punching of the head by David Ruffin. Marvin Gaye, as in David Ritz's incredible biography on Marvin Gaye, if you have not read it, it's available on Amazon. I highly recommend it. One of the greatest biographies ever of a artist is David Ritz's biography of Marvin Gaye. In the biography, you could tell by the way Marvin talked about Tammy and the way he acted that he was in love with her but respected the fact that she was with another man. When after that incident, Logan, and she was unable to perform, she n- never did another uh, uh, live show after that. She was in and out of the hospital, and she finally died uh, three years later. When Marvin knew that she was never going to be the same person she was. He began to become a heavy drug user and even attempted suicide at one time, which is, which is, which is crazy. He attempted to kill himself. And this was sometime in 1969. He, 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 um, he was going to shoot himself in the head, but Barry Gordy's father and I believe Barry Gordy's father's name is Barry Gordy Sr., convinced him to put the gun down, and he didn't go through with it. This was because of what happened to Tammy Terrell. He was grief-stricken. When she died, he disappeared for a few months, and then he came back. With, with, with He changed his look of uh, uh, Logan. In the 1960s, Logan, you see any? You ever see pictures of a young Marvin Gaye? Yes. Without the, when, when he, he was a very good-looking man, no facial hair, right? Right. Right. After Tammy died, he went and he, and he took a brief sabbatical to deal with his with his with his mental depression. When he came back, he had a full beard. He, he had he had totally changed his look. No longer was he 
the handsome guy with the suits. I mean, he was one of the greatest dressed uh, singers of all time. In the 1960s, Marvin Gaye dressed like uh, Frank Sinatra of the 40s and 50s. He just had that. He was a beautiful-looking man with suits, sharply dressed. You could tell by the way he wore his suits that he had a great build. Tall brother, I believe he's 6'1", he was 6'1", 6'2". I'm not sure, but um, I'm guessing because he always looked very tall on television. He was just a tall, great-looking young man. He was 31 when Tam, he was about to be 31 when Tammy. It was a few. It was uh, I believe a month before his 31st birthday when Tammy Terrell died. So when he came back, he was 31 with a beard, and no, and now he looked older than 31. He no longer had that youthful, great-looking, non-facial uh, 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 appearance. Still a good-looking dude, but it looked like a different dude. I always said, my father used to tell me this when I was a kid, that there was two Marvin Gays. There was the Marvin Gay before Tammy Terrell had her, ac- had her accident and, and died. And then there's the post-Tammy Terrell Marvin Gay. The, the, the young Marvin Gay always looked happy-go-lucky, always had a smile. The post-Tammy Terrell... Marvin Gaye always looked depressed, and what my father said, because my father was a drug addict, and he came straight up and said, that's how you knew he was uh, he was into heavily into drugs, because you, you, you could see it in his face. You could see it in his face. And I remember, uh, Logan, in September of 1979, I forgot the exact date, Sugar Ray Leonard fought Marvin Gaye's fighter. Marvin Gaye uh, managed a fighter from Detroit named Andy Price. Andy Price was an up-and-coming welterweight contender who had even defeated Pepino Cuevas before Pepino Cuevas became welterweight champion of the world. That night, Marvin Gaye sang the national anthem, and my mother grabbed my father's hand and said, yeah, he was he was probably snorting in the, in the dressing room before he came out and sang that national anthem. And my mother's like, he looks so damn depressed. We'll talk more about that in part two. I was just bringing that up now, and we'll talk more about his death and everything in part two. What's going on? The next song that we're going to talk about, that was his return to music, and it was the perfect vehicle for him to express his political views at the time and to help him, as help him. I guess it was a way of coping with Tammy's death, because I don't believe he ever, ever truly recovered from her death. In that's in what's going on, which was written by one of the members of the Four Tops, Obi Benson, and the reason Obi Benson wrote the song was because he had seen police brutality uh, back in uh, a year earlier, in 1969, with his own eyes, and he was like, "I got to do something about this. I got to put it into music." He was a member of the Four Tops. He went to Levi Stubbs, the, the leader of the Four Tops, lead singer, and the rest of the group. And said, "Look, we need to uh, we need to do this song. I wrote this song for us. It's a it's an anti police brutality song. Um, and Levi, you've got that powerful baritone. You're the perfect guy to sing lead on this. And we we can bring it out there. Levi was like, "I'm not doing it. That's not our sound. That's not our style. We're not political. So, um, Obi took it to Marvin." And Marvin looked at it, and Marvin's like, and and it came at the right time, Logan, because Marvin at that point in time didn't give a fuck. He lost 
the true love of his life. He didn't give a fuck, all right? He was going to do whatever he felt he wanted to do. So Marvin was like, okay, I'll do the song, uh, but let me add some lyrics to it. Because Logan, at the time, Marvin's brother, Frankie Gay, had just come home from Vietnam. And he shared horror stories of what was going on in Vietnam. They, uh, Marvin and Frankie would be sitting in the house, and Frankie would be talking about deaths he saw, uh, situations that occurred in Vietnam, and the brothers would be sobbing heavy, heavily in, in each other's arms. So Marvin added some elements of that, of the stories that his brother told him, and then he took it to Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy, uh, Logan, was the king of making non-threatening music for white people. That's, 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 that's just it. If you notice, Logan, Motown... In the 1960s, they made all these great uh, uh, songs that didn't that didn't threaten America. You know, all around the world, they made a lot of great uh, theme music, happy-go-lucky music, nothing threatening. The only group on Motown that was doing political music at the time were the Temptations, and they had some powerful songs. Barry allowed the Temptations to do that. Because the Temptations never really were a crossover hit. They were they were predominantly their entire peak catering to the black audience. Marvin Gaye up until that point was catered to the entire the entire world. Remember, I heard it through the grapevine, nineteen sixty eight was a massive hit. You know, that was a that was a nice theme song for all of America to Enjoy. So Barry was like Marvin. I can't do this. This this isn't your style. This isn't uh, our style. And Marvin was like, I'm, I'm doing this shit. I don't give a goddamn what you think. If you don't like it, I'll take it to another record company or I'll give it to one of the artists that I'm writing music for. So Barry, because Marvin was at that point in time, along with Stevie Wonder, his biggest solo artist, allowed Marvin. And this, this goes to show you, Logan. There's no excuses for artists today that have the power and the stroke to make political music. Because if you're a, if you're a big star like Marvin Gaye was in 1970 and Stevie Wonder would follow suit, and we'll talk more about that in part two of Stevie Wonder's tribute, where he began to make political music. When you're on that level, ain't no record company that, you, that, that you're making money for is going to say, no, nah, that's not safe enough. No. Nah. Yeah, at first they will, but if you push, they're not going to push back. And Barry was like, "Okay, all right, Marvin, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you do this." And he gave Marvin Gaye complete creative control to make the "What's Going On" album. And Logan is about to play "What's Going On," and we'll talk more about that song after we we listen to. What quite possibly might be the greatest political song in the history of music. Hey, hey, hey. hey what's happening? Hey, brother, what's up? Uh, this is a hey, big party, party, man. Yeah, I Brother, brother, 
there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love in here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer. For only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and get here today. Pick it light and pick it side. Don't punish me with brutality. Talk to me so you can see. on the What's Going On album that was released May 21st, 1971. So we're on the, we're at the the 51st anniversary of this iconic album and song. And do you think this song can be applied to today's world? Absolutely, man. For the longest time when I used to listen to this song, I just liked the song. (laughs) I didn't think about Mm -hmm. what the words were. But then, you know, terrible how far we've come but how we haven't really come that far i mean you just listen to these lyrics and they're just so applicable today picket lines and picket signs don't punish me with brutality 
Come on, talk to me so you can see. That's today with the police with the police brutality that continues to this day. Picket yeah, you could say it's even worse. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I have to agree with that because while I was only three years old when this song came out, um, I started remembering things a few years later, six, seven, eight, nine years old, and. I ain't going to lie, Logan, there's more police brutality today than it was in the 70s when I was a little boy. It's it's no comparison, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, you had, back then you had a lot less was probably reported. Today, everything's reported. But the way I see police back then, because I'll tell you, Logan, as a kid growing up in the South Bronx, in between, um, I'm just going to say the 70s. From when I was seven in 1975 to 1979 when I was 11, right, we had a lot of beat cops, and they would walk in the neighborhood, and they would know your name, white, black, or Puerto Rican, whoever the officer was, they'd know your name. They knew my father. They was like, oh, there goes Silver again. Silver, get upstairs. You fucking drunk. Get upstairs, Silver. <laughs> but it was community policing. Today in New York, that's, there's no community policing. It's squat cars driving around and just looking to, to start some shit with you. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten a whole lot worse. And Marvin's pointing this out in 1971. He's talking about the Vietnam War. Also, and that's the part he added from his brother. Just, just a phenomenal record, man. And wow, wow. It, it this is and you made a great point. Oh, uh, Logan, a few minutes ago when you said, when you first heard the song, and for years, you didn't even know what the song was about. You just loved the music and the rhythm of the song, right? Yeah. That, like, goes to show you, that goes to show you that there's no excuses for artists not to make music like this. I heard for years, oh, like we, when, we did the, when, when we did the Kanye tribute podcast and how Jay-Z and Dame Dash and all, Memphis Bleak and all those guys were clowning on Kanye because he was being positive and he was doing that uh, political music and it wasn't street like they were. Because they were looking to sign all the street dudes out there, but they had this master talent, this great lyricist there. And they, and they, were, they actually had to be forced to give him a record deal. But his beats, his beats made political music listenable. It's the same formula they use for selling drugs and, and killing babies and, and all that nonsense and and, and, and uh, having 10 babies by nine women. You can sell that because they're using great music as a way to ties young people. Well, the reverse could happen. Marvin Gaye was, was a perfect example of that. Public Enemy was a perfect example of that. Kanye, Common. Most deaf. These guys are perfect examples. If the production is superb, it is is elite, then you could put anything on, on any lyrics over there. You're an artist, Logan. You know this. Um, there's no excuse for the record companies to keep putting the bullshit they put out because as long as the production and the beats are tight, you could bring a message out to the people. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that, big man? 
Yeah, man. I mean, the bottom line is people like good music. Most of them don't listen to the lyrics anyway. So. Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> like, if something sounds good, man, fuck it. You know, it's like so many of Tupac's songs had so much political stuff in them, and people were just bumping to them, man. Like, Only God Can Judge Me. Uh, so many Brenda's of the got a, Brenda's got a baby. The, the, yeah. The, the, the mute, the mute, uh, keep your head up. The, the music was hypnotic. And so when you have hypnotic beats in production, then you could put something on there that says something, that says something real and not something materialistic or superficial. Now we go on to a... It adds a whole other level to it, too, so that in a way, you're actually... If you're a record label, you're stupid not to do it because you're going to get a whole group of people liking it for another reason, not just the beat, not just the rhythm. So mm -hmm. you're going to yep. actually sell more records. You will, because you already have, you already have the audience that is transfixed on the music, right? But when the general public finds out that this guy is talking about the ills of the government, this guy is talking about, uh, illegal wars that are happening and, and, and drugs being brought into this instead of glamorizing the drugs you're selling, you're vilifying the people bringing those drugs in, the government, crack, guns, whatever. Once the general public gets a hold of that, they're going to want to buy that stuff because they're like, oh man, because they're not interested in that bullshit. Oh, I got 20 racks from selling crack. No, they're not. I'm, but when they hear that somebody is actually talking about the ills of the world, that's going to make them uh, more curious as to what this artist is talking about. Absolutely. All right, so, yeah, I have to agree with you a thousand percent. Now we go on to another political song from uh, What's Going On, Mercy, Mercy Me. On the oceans and upon our seas, fish full of mercury. Oh, oh, mercy, mercy, me. All things ain't what they used to be. Radiation underground and in the sky. Animals and birds who live nearby are lives. All things and what they used to be What about this overcrowded land? How much more be used from sinners can she stand?
This song was the very first song, Logan. And look, I don't listen to today's music. So I don't know if anybody in the last 20 years, I stopped listening to the radio in 2005. So it's been 17 years since I listened to the music on a regular basis. If if I hear it through word of mouth on social media, I'll check it out. Like I know Kendrick Lamar has a, a song that came out yesterday that everybody's talking about and it's different than what most people come out with. So I'll give I'll give it a listen. But is there anybody since this since this song Mercy Mercy Me making a song about uh the environment? This is a environmental song. Yeah. Is it where did the blue skies go? Poison is the wind that blows from the north and south and east. Whoa, mercy, mercy me, yeah. Uh, things ain't what they used to be. Oil wasted on the ocean and upon our seas. Fish full of mercury. How often do corporations dump toxic waste in the oceans? Killing, Man, and killing, killing the fish and the sharks and the whales and the creatures that live underwater. How often Dude, does right, that happen, Logan? How right often? now, yeah. there's... Yeah. Because of what right. happened in in Japan, there's the Fukushima nuclear plant. There are these huge plumes of nuclear bubbles oh. in the ocean just floating around and killing tons of marine life. And so we got nuclear waste in there. Man, we're just we're killing our planet, man. And like it's much worse today than it was back then. So Yes, yes. Also, you could also talk about and Logan, is there any evidence that the American government is fucking with the weather? I, you know, I've heard of that. Like, but with the with those planes that they're trying to like those those uh, chemtrails or something, <laughs> I've heard that, but I don't know. I'm not sure because that. Wait, you cut out there. What do you say? Look at look at New York. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, big man? Got it. All right. Yes. Look at New York. Look at New York. All right. Look at the weather that is going on in New York. Right. And look at all the 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 change in climate from day to day. Right. This just this past week alone, we're in May now. Right. Wednesday. It was freezing. Beautiful. <laughs> was it Wednesday like seventy to seventy-five degrees? Right. Right. And then uh, Thursday, it was seventy to seventy-five degrees in New York City. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it was low fifties, and it rained nonstop from Friday to Sunday. It was damn near Noah Ark level. Why? Why? We had times in the winter where one day would be 65 in the middle of January, and the next day would be 25 degrees. When we were kids, Logan, and I know I'm I'm a little over a decade older than you, but the same hell for you, because I, as I was a kid in the 70s, you were a kid in the 80s, right? I was a little boy in the 70s, you was a little boy in the 80s. Remember when winter was winter. It was cold, especially in New York. It was We had snowstorms, and it was brick. The spring, the weather began to get better, and before uh, June 1st, we we were beginning to have 85-degree days. And then the entire summer, you, we all know about New York's muggy summers. 
the fall, September, you'd have a few nice days. But by the end of September, October 1st, we had 40 and 50 degree cold days and it got colder. The winter, once again, cold. That was the 70s and the 80s. Somewhere around 1989, 1990, I began to notice weather changes in New York. I began to notice warmer winters and warmer falls. Today, Logan, we have 70-degree days in October, November. That never happened when I was a kid. Is that the result of the government messing with the climate, messing with the weather? And if so, how do they do it? Do you know how they do it? Because I don't. Well, I, you know, I don't. I don't believe that they are doing it intentionally. I just think that because of the the what they the devastation they've been doing to the atmosphere that we're just experiencing weird weather and it's, it's So it's, so you think that global warming is the result of of the American government fucking with the infrastructure? I mean, I just think it, it that's what's causing it. Like, we're, that's why everything's so extreme, you know? That's why we have these, like, okay. huge floods and, yeah, I mean, I just think that they've been fucking with the environment just by pollution for so long that the earth is basically out of whack. And so we're we're experiencing, like, swings in weather that make no sense. Yeah, great, great point. Great point, because... Like Marvin says in his song, you know, oil in the ocean, you know, all the toxic waste. Logan even talked about nuclear waste being tossed in the oceans, all right? That's going to affect the climate and make the weather go out of whack. Um, but I, there's got to be something else they have to, that they are doing in order to, to man-made weather. There's got to be, and look, listeners out there, you uh Logan has in the description our Twitter handles, all right? My email address is robertsilva57 at hotmail.com. If you have any valid theories or valid proof of what's going on as far as the government and what they're doing to adjust the weather, to manipulate the weather, email me. We could have a discussion about it. I won't mention your name uh, in, in future podcasts, and I could bring it up. And talk about, well, uh, this source told me that this is what they do. Because I, I, I don't know, and when I've looked it up, I've never seen anything concrete as to how they mess with the weather. But, Logan, they are messing with the weather, don't you think? <laughs> Actually, I mean, something, something's going on. You know, who the <laughs> fuck knows? <laughs> Spoken like a true politician. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the next song, another political song from the iconic What's Going On album, Inner City Blues. Thank you. 
Inflation. Yeah, no like, tr- go ahead. Go ahead. No, but they're acting like that. I mean, I just love the way, you know, you go on TV and they're like, oh, it's because of this and because of that. It's not because of anything except greed and bullshit. They're just oh, trying they're to make double the, their they money. They blame it on Ukraine. They blame it on the Russians right. invading Ukraine. Get the fuck. First of all, they said the gas prices are high because we get substantial gas from Russia. That's bullshit. Last time I checked, uh, the Russians were not located in the Middle East. They weren't located in Saudi Arabia, and the government has a cozy relationship with Saudi Arabia. That's bullshit. Like Logan said, Logan, what you said? Clarify. Greed, right? Clarify it. Yeah, I mean, this. I, I saw this coming on the news when they, they were talking about inflation like about a year and a half ago. They were like, oh, right. we're going to get inflation. We're going to get inflation. And, uh, and I knew what they were planning. They were just going to use that term to just mm. double our fucking prices and make more money. And that's it. That's what they did. There's no reason for it. And if you look at the profits of these companies, they're making record profits. So the idea that they had to raise prices to, to make the same profits is bullshit. They made, they're made this last year. So inflation oh. is a complete scam. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida was worth $250,000 pre-pandemic. Do you know what his... Uh, his uh, net worth is right now? No. It was $250,000 in 2019 pre-pandemic. He's just the governor, all right? All right, he's just the governor. Today, three years later, his net worth is $52 million. How the fuck, as a governor of a state, not even a, not even one of the biggest states in the country, yes, it's an important state because of the tourism and, and a lot of things go through Florida, right? And both parties fight for Florida because they always say Florida. If you win Florida, you win the election, right? How you go from two hundred fifty thousand dollars to fifty-two million dollars being the governor of, of, of Florida, being the governor of any state? Not supposed to be running any businesses. You you you're supposed to be adhering to what your taxpayers and the voters want in that state. Perfect example of what you talk about and. In the song, after to inflation, no chance to increase finance. Bills pie up sky high, sky high. You can't, you can't increase your finance. You can't save because because of inflation, your bills are piling up sky high. Rent is at an all time high in New York City. All right, New York City is at an all time high. There are apartments in Manhattan and parts of Brooklyn. That start at five thousand dollars a month, unless Logan, a woman with the, unless she has the 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 twenty, unless it's a twenty five year old Neil Long laying in the bed naked every night, and then I might consider five thousand a month if I'm coming home to that. But goddamn, five thousand a month to start with, and we're not talking three four bedrooms either, right? Rents are all-time high. Food prices all-time high. Gas all-time high. For those that are traveling now, check the, the air, air rate. Now, a lot of people are going to tell me, well, remember, we had a pandemic, and the government lost a lot of money. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a joke, dude, like. And they don't give a fuck. Like, our politicians are just like, yeah, well, it sucks. Sorry. 
We feel we feel your pain. They're all rich. They're no, all but, and then they come up. They don't they care. Come up with bull, they come up with bullshit excuses. Oh, like Biden said this because of the war in the Ukraine, it is affecting inflation. How? Explain this to me. Explain well, this to me. Well, look, I mean, there's some truth to it to the level of what they're raising the price. So, like, okay. yes, right. like they took because. They're, everybody's boycotting the oil from Russia. So, yeah, we don't take oil from Russia. The United States doesn't, but other countries do. So the the demand for oil from has gone up and the supply has gone down. So that definitely will raise the price, but not. To so, the you're level. T- so you're talking about because uh, other countries aren't getting their oil from Russia, they're cutting into the Middle East supply that the United States right. gets. Is that what you're uh, – okay, all right. Exactly. That's understandable. But not to the not to the prices that they that they're at. No. And yeah, okay, all right. No, because all right. If you look at the if you look at the price of oil, it's gone down to normal levels. But yet the gas prices are just as high as they always were, if not higher. So that doesn't no, make any sense. Right. 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 So the, if the if it's because of oil, well, guess what? Oil has gone down to normal level now. So why? Guess and you know you notice with inflation it never goes down it always just goes up and up it never comes back it, <laughs> the it, idea it, that it, uh, there there's a ceiling that it stops at and it's a regular it becomes the norm price the normal price the regular price right. until we get hit with inflation again and then it goes up again and unfortunately many corporations do not raise their employees salaries. Right. In order to combat the inflation. No, nope. because they're making money. It just doesn't make sense to me. They're making money off of the inflation, and then they're punishing their employees by keeping them at the same base salary. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, and it makes this sense is to what, them because they uh, they're pocketing more money the money. To, yeah, they're pocketing the money. Un-effing real. 51 years later, and I'm not going to say it's worse today than it, than it was back then because – the goddamn government was damn near bankrupt in the mid-70s. New York, New York City, I believe in 1976, 1976, Mayor Beam went to Gerald Ford and told him we need help because the city is bankrupt. And Gerald Ford told him, I, I can't help you because uh, I, no I got no money to help you with. But all right, now, perfect example. United States coming up with billions and billions of dollars to send to the Ukraine for aid, right? And we have right now record number of homeless people throughout this entire country. Explain that to me. Explain how they you could send money, billions, and you claim that oh there's no money to give, but you could still give to another country. I I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah, this Ukraine thing is. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, basically, you you you. I think what it was was they basically put Ukraine out there as bait for Russia to attack it, so that now we can like fuck with Russia because we've always wanted to fuck with Russia, and so they're like, here, you know, they didn't put them in NATO. If they put them in NATO, Russia would have never attacked them. But it's almost like they wanted Russia to attack. And Logan and with know. the with Logan with the common sense there. You know what? That's the black. That's this is the best explanation I've heard 
from anybody. These goddamn Fox and CNN cats, they're not telling me this. Continue, Logan. This is interesting. Yeah, because if they really wanted to protect Ukraine, they would have just absorbed them into NATO because then attacking them would have been World War III for Russia, and Russia wouldn't have risked that. But instead, they just kept pushing, footing around with them, being like, oh, we support you. We, we, you know, we want to protect you. We'll give you weapons. So this is all for the arms industry because the arms industry right now, think about all that money going to Ukraine. It's not going for food. It's going for arms. It's going for and arms, that's, right, right. And that's the that's the people that control our politicians because they give them tons of money. So this is what this is. This is an arms like deal for like huge money for arms. That's what the Iraq war was. You know, it was just like huge money for arms contractors. They have all these arms that they're just sitting around, not selling. They're like, please, can we have another war? And so they, they came up with this war, this Ukraine war. We could have had, we could have just absorbed them into NATO and, and Russia would have been too scared to attack them because whenever a country attacks NATO, it's like attacking the United States. Like they've got a nuclear war on their fucking mm. doorstep. But instead they just egg Russia on. They're like, Oh, maybe we'll put them in NATO. Maybe we won't. Uh, we protect, we, we support the independence of Ukraine, but, we're never going to fight for them. We're just going to give them weapons, tons of weapons, tons of money for weapons. And so that's what this is all about, I think. It's just paying off the arms dealers. This is some deep shit, man, man, man. So in a nutshell, what you're saying is the United States is using Ukraine as a guinea pig. Well, as an as a, as a way to give money to arms dealers. It's a way for politicians to give billions and billions of dollars to arms dealers because that's the people that are contributing to their campaign. So it's a way to pay them back. And and, and both both Biden and before him Trump had intimate relations relationships, not relations, my bad. No homosexuality here. Intimate relationships with Putin, right? And Russia they used, Ukraine. Yeah. No, but I'm saying just, let's just talk let's just talk Putin for a second, right? And they knew all along that Putin, since the day he took power, wanted the Ukraine. And Putin has said it on several occasions, right? Yeah. So this was this, so by by them knowing Putin's desire, they used the fact that Putin wanted the Ukraine, maybe not to put him in NATO. I'm just trying to tie it in like you did. Right. I mean, the whole point is just to goad Russia into a war so that we can sell arms to Ukraine and make and make money for arms manufacturers. I mean, that's how I look at it. And uh, and does it and also adding some fuel to the fire here, a way to weaken Russian Russia's uh defense? Yeah. Because they they they'll lose so many soldiers over in the Ukraine. Right. And and you know, I I ain't gonna lie, Russia eventually is gonna take over the Ukraine but at what cost? Because right. we, sounds we want to like inflict similar... maximum casualty right. before they do right. it. Right, right, right. And similar to what happened when the Russians invaded Afghanistan in the 1980s, that was damn near an eight-year war, right? And it helped deplete them to the point where a couple of years later... They collapsed. They collapsed. God yep. damn it. 
just like th- this music, history always repeating itself. Logan, that was well said, and, and you, uh, I, I believe everything you said. I'm, I'm going with your theory because your theory is the most plausible, and it's a theory that no one, no one <laughs> in the media is talking about, is, is citing. No, they're all, oh, we got to help democracy. Oh, we got to right. help the Ukraine. They don't give but, a fuck, dude. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a tote two shits because <laughs> if they did, they'd go to war with Russia, right? I mean, they'd be like, right, "Fuck right. you, Russia!" But they're not doing that. They're like, "Oh, we can't do anything because we don't want to start World War Three, bitch." World War Three has started. <laughs> You're just sitting there watching it happen. History always repeats itself because in the 1980s, when the Russians invaded Afghanistan, the United States didn't send troops to Russia. Right? They didn't invade Russia. They helped the Afghanistans by giving them billions of dollars in aid. And just like the Ukraine, the Afghanistans got that money, got their weaponry, and helped build the Taliban and brought Osama bin Laden to international uh, uh, terroristic powers. Oh, my God. Who, man, man, who writes the scripts? Because they keep (sighs) – On to the See, next law, man. This was a deep... Go ahead, go ahead, go yeah, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead go well, ahead. I just... One final thing is that... Yeah. We, we, you know, this is all done for money. We know this. But right. the problem is, is that the consequence is that... Yeah, like you said, in, in one hand, we got attacked by 9-11 because of what we did. Who knows what's going to happen in the future now? Who know, Russia might even launch a nuclear weapon at us. So we're really playing with fire. This is disgraceful. All right, on to the next song because this, this shit doesn't piss me off. I want to look. I want to commend you, bro, because you came out with what has to be the exact scenario why shit is going down the way it's going down right now. Because it's just a repeat of what happened forty years ago. Yeah, it never stops, dude. Like Biden and, 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 and it's probably the same office. thing. It's probably the same thing that happened in Vietnam. Yes. Because it was the Russian and the Chinese back then. Same shit. <laughs> Never fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. The next song we'll be playing is "Save the Children." I just want to ask a question. Who really cares? Save a world in despair. Who really cares? There'll come a time. Thank you. 
fucking song man oh and we're this is a prophetic song because what he's singing about 51 years ago is happening today um man the world is dying and the stuff is the flowers won't grow bells won't be ringing remember we talked about the environment and the damage that the the environment has been done by nuclear waste toxic waste etc uh when I look at the world, it fills me with sorrow. Little children today are really going to suffer tomorrow. The children of the 70s suffering today with all types of ailments. We don't, let's not even discuss, okay, the physical ailments that a lot of people in their 40s and 50s that are dying today had from the food they've eaten, eaten which was affected by the environment. Um, you, you, uh, if you have toxic and you have animals, fish, and whatever that, that you use to make food off of when you capture them. Their bodies are ruined by toxic and nuclear waste. And then we're eating those animals. Right? I mean, those children are suffering. There's a lot to pack with this song. Logan, your thoughts on this song and um, what else could actually affect? I mean, saving the children 
How? How do we save the children when the world has gone amok? <laughs> That's a big question. I <laughs> I never actually heard this song. This is the first time I heard um, This is not one of his more popular songs, I guess. But uh, maybe it is. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just wasn't. I know. I think uh, it was played on radio stations back then, but not to the point of mercy, mercy me and what's going on. Um, And I think for a reason, you listen to the song and (laughs) it's a warning song that uh, I don't think uh, anybody wanted to hear at the time, especially the powers that be. Now, is he talking? Is it all him? Now, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up on the next album, but we'll bring it up now. If I'm not mistaken, and people could correct me, but I've always believed from all the music that I have, all the vinyls and CDs and the the the, the over 25,000 songs I have that's on a fucked up iMac that my brother's trying to recover right now for me. Um, before Marvin Gaye, this is my memory now. I could be wrong. I believe Marvin Gaye was the first person to over, overdub his voice and use his voice as background vocals multiple times, three, four, five times. In this song, it sounds like a duet, right? One yeah. guy singing, one guy talking. That's Marvin, both. Okay. Marvin is having a duet with himself. He was a master at this. And you heard in in What's Going On, you heard a chorus, Mama, 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 what's going on? You know, That's Marvin's voice redubbed three, four times. To make an orchestra. Marvin was a master, a genius at that. If he wasn't the first, he's on the short list. But then you would see Michael Jackson would do that over and over again. And he learned that from Marvin Gaye. So to answer your question, that's that's his voice. So it sounds like a duet, but it's not. It's Marvin talking and singing like like it's uh, two dudes talking and going back and forth. Yeah, I mean it's it's a rhetorical question. How do you, how do you save a world that's destined to die? Tough. That's deep. Those are bars. Those are fucking. <laughs> you may wanna you may wanna use that for one of your uh, songs, man. <laughs> that's awesome. That's you know to be honest with you, that sounds like something that your boy your boy, um, Immortal Technique will use in a song. You where you have like a what you call that when you when when the 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 answer is opposite. Wait a minute. He said, how do you save a world that's destined to die? It's impossible, right? What, did, what, what do you call that type of sentence? Oxymoron. Yes, yes. Yeah, and your boy, Immortal Technique, is a master at that. This sounds like something he would say in a song. You, you can't save a world that's destined to die. And we're seeing, yeah. are we seeing the end of the world right now? I don't want to scare the listeners out there. I know you're used to the the fun and games and the shenanigans and the personal stories has become a very political podcast. But we, we have to think because even before the pandemic, shit is getting out of hand. You can't yeah, slogan, right? Your thoughts, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're wrecking this planet, man. I never knew how much Marvin Gaye was really talking about stuff like that. I mean, I just I just loved his music. I loved the way it sounded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you just now that I'm looking at his lyrics and I'm like, holy shit, this dude is just really concerned about the state of the world and saving the children. Now, the idea of saving the children, now that's 
that's come up recently now with uh, this abortion thing. And um, oh man, you see everything comes full circle. Go ahead, baby. <laughs> but what I've noticed is the trick that the politicians play on us is they get us fighting over abortion and fighting over these you know culture issues while they're stealing our money, right? So inflation's going crazy, and what do they mm-hmm. do? They repeal abortion so that now that's all we're talking about. We don't talk, we don't look at what they're doing to us with the money anymore. Cause, and now we're busy fighting each other about when life begins and when a children begins and all this bullshit. Distractions you know, have been going on since the beginning of this country. Existence. That's right. Distraction, and, so and, and it's not just abortion. Uh, right. They'll come up with oh, uh, LGBT. Such and such. They, Name name any artist or name any actor, any singer, any athlete. Such and such and such and such did right. this this morning, and now everybody's focused on: Did he kill his wife? Did he did, did he rape his babysitter? Oh, the Johnny Depp did trial. He, uh, did he shoot her in the foot? Did she lie about getting shot in the foot? If you <laughs> make it down, yeah. I don't give a goddamn about that. What's going on with? Where'd you What's go? Going on with, with oh, the pandemic? You don't know about the pandemic. The pandemic. They don't even talk about a pandemic anymore, even though the numbers are still the same as when the pandemic began. Oh yeah. Now, I mean, I heard like New York is is like a hot spot again, man. Like, and, man. But but they they uh, they have the option. The, the Broadway has the option of you coming to the theater without a mask. Uh, restaurants, you could come in. Um, yeah, planes. I, 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 uh, planes, you're going without mask. I mean, where's the concern? People are still dying, but they throw out other distractions. All right, well, let's get people's mind off the pandemic. Let's let's ha- let's focus on Russia and Ukraine. Oh, uh, shit's getting serious out in Ukraine. All right, let's overturn abortion. It almost Logan sounds like pro- professional wrestling. <laughs> It is, man. No, another thing they're distracting us is like they'll have some guy turn to a girl and then win a swim meet against girls. Oh right? God! <laughs> oh yes, yes. And yes. and they'll do that like so that we all fight about it. Like, and yeah. first of all, this that person that won that swim meet, no one, no one thinks they won, right? No one believes that they're we, the winner. We know. They had no business participating, but they're allowed to in order to distract us. Oh God! So, so that's the whole thing. It's like, oh, this is about LGBT rights. It's like, no, man, it's not. It's a distraction. It's like, it's stupid because it's like so rare that somebody would be that fucking blatant about being stupid like that. So they act like, oh, you're against LG. You're against trans people because. Uh, you know, it's like mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So we fight all day long about this bullshit. <laughs> Never look at the people that are ruling us and what they're doing. <laughs> oh man, what what a fucking show so far, man! Oh, uh, those of you that are whose minds are boggled by this episode, so is mine. <laughs> but it's... we're going to switch. We go, go ahead, Logan. Great. Go ahead, go, go ahead, Logan. Go ahead, Logan. Yeah, go ahead. it's just it's it's getting brought up because 
this is what mm-hmm. stuff in his song. So yes, 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 which is We're relevant, just... more relevant fifty one years later than it was back then. It was relevant back then because what was distracting us from the the shit that was going on in the country in nineteen seventy one, Vietnam. You had the Roe versus Wade uh, situation that they were fighting that eventually became into law. And now right we're back around here. that time. Yeah, now we now now we've overturned that. Uh, th- 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 things just come full circle. Things come full circle. Uneffing believable. They, they what did they say? Everything old is new again. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing it's new. It's new under today. The sun. There's not and there's nothing new under the sun. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to switch it up now. Now that was the political sign of Marvin Gaye, and goddamn, was he a prophet? And good Lord, was he on point with what was going on and what was going to occur in a week? Oh, you talked about uh, Marvin being so deep. Um, It's the reason they call Tupac Shakur the Marvin Gaye of hip hop. It's because he, too, was a deep brother. And if you didn't focus on his lyrics and just focus on the great beats, you would see what he was talking about and... If you go to our three-part series on Tupac, the political songs that we talked about, they too are more relevant today than it was 25 to 30 years ago when he first recorded those songs. Great artists, they're timeless. Their themes are timeless, right? What's relevant in 1970 is relevant in 2020. What's relevant in 1992 is relevant in 2022 if it's the right person talking about what the hell's going on in the world yeah well now we're going to change we're going to have a change of pace and now we get on to let's get it on another all-time great album and marvin with another masterpiece let's go straight to let's get it on
some Spanish salsa love shit. music. I probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, but wait a minute. My mother was a huge Gladys Knight fan. Might have been a Gladys Knight song, right? It wasn't this song. I wish I wish I could have said this was my uh, this this song was my parents conceiving me too. But no, no, because my parents were like I am. They, they they used to make love to to, to slow jams and uh, and I've I've talked about a couple in the, in in this series of of episodes. Go back in the archives. Um, Teddy Pendergrass Part One. Right? Okay, now man, <laughs> if the lyrics on this man, if you believe in love, let's get it on. Let's get it on, baby. This minute, oh yeah, let's get it on. Please, please get it on. This is a dude who's got a massive heart on, and he's been wanting to. Make love to his girlfriend who's been holding out five, six months. And she's walking around his apartment with this short skirt. That ass is exploding. And he's, come on, baby. Let's get it on. And when they finally do, ecstasy. This entire album, Let's Get It On, Logan, about a man and a woman exploring their sexual lust and love for each other. You'll see it in all the songs we talk about. That's the constant theme. Just like what's going on was a theme about the world and the trouble the world was in and the United States and the criminal police and the criminal government. What's going on? A political theme. Let's get it on is a sexual theme about a man and a woman exploring each other's sexual magnetism. Any other thoughts about this song before we get on to the next? Uh, this song is a classic, and you know everybody's heard it a million times. It's uh, I feel like some of his song has been commercialized, like into you know commercials and things like that. At this point, I guess by his estate. So, well, remember um, what was the song with the? Remember back in the eighties? Let's heard it through the grapevine. The Razors, they showed that commercial over and over and over yeah. again. I mean, God, Lord. And by the way, uh, Barry Gordy, since he had, and I don't know if he still does, he might still, since he had total uh, total ownership of those royalties, was making a killing on that commercial. I think he could have lived off that commercial alone. Barry Gordy is a fucking criminal, right? Almost every song. Ever written on Motown, except for the Stevie Wonder songs after 1970. Um, Barry Gordy has a publishing credit on it, even if he didn't, even if he didn't write a line. It would be like written by Marvin Gaye, Nick Ashford, Valerie Simpson, Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy wasn't even in the building. (laughs) 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 Fucking crook. And the same tactics that are. A Sean Puff Daddy Combs, who has never written a song in his life, but he always gets a publishing credit on every one of his artists. Oh, things, I'll get the theme of the song. While some things, well, some, um, everything old is new again, things never change. Not some things, all things never change. All right. Uh, now we're going to go to another begging song. Please stay. <laughs> Baby, please 
from Let's Get It On. Let's Get It On is him wanting to culminate the relationship with his woman, all right? And they finally do. Please stay is the aftermath. Please stay is, man, I can't live without this woman. Um, don't I, I, I'm worried about waking up and she's not there, right? I mean, the lyrics, this shit is deep. This is a man totally in love and in lust with this woman, because he goes, uh, scared that if I close my eyes, when I get ready to wake up, I might find you gone. Stay, baby. Please stay. Don't go away, baby. Please stay, because I could never find nobody make me feel this way. No, sugar, for I never felt this way before. No, no, sugar, you did it. Oh, I never felt so good, honey, before. Oh, top of my head, tip of my toes. This man is in total love and lust. He has been waiting all this time to make love to this woman that he's fallen for, and it's better than advertised. I mean, she has rocked his world, and we've all been there. And he doesn't want he doesn't want to lose her. Please don't go. Uh, this is the ultimate pussy whip song. Your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, actually, this is another song I haven't heard. Well, it. what are your I thoughts mean, now since you first heard it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a classic in terms of what you go through with certain women that, you know, they get mad at you and they're like, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And so this is a song <laughs> to play for them. Oh, man. The power, as my man Bunk on the Wire used to say, the power of the pussy. <laughs> oh, man. And this, just to prove the point that this is a concept album. This is a story he's telling from song 
to song. And that continues with the next song, If I Die Tonight, which is my all-time favorite Marvin Gaye song. I went through shit like this. Talk about it on the other side.
powerful, powerful love song. And um, Logan, you brought up the point, reminds you of Tupac. One of my all-time favorite Tupac songs, and we played it on part, I believe it was part one. Yeah, part one of our tribute to Tupac, If I Die Tonight. And this that was definitely a take on If I Should Die Tonight. And what I love about If I Die Tonight, we talked about it. I say poetry and pussy and paper. I love that. Part. Poetry, <laughs> power, and pussy. Plotting a murder, <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers, for the hit. But that 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 was big, definitely based off this. If I should by Marvin Gaye is him, and I've been through this, so I can't. I can I, I feel like this right now. If I die tonight, I'm not going to die. Not loving the woman, my soulmate. If I if I if I, if I, uh, I what's the what's the words he goes he goes uh. If I should die tonight, darling, please keep this thought in mind. I won't die blue because I've known you. That's, that, that, that's the ultimate in loving your woman. That, that's just incredible. And, I mean, he go, and he goes, he goes, how many arms have felt their dream? How many hearts, baby, have felt their world stand still? He's telling this woman, his woman, that he loves her so much that he's experiencing a love that millions never feel, never experience. That's the ultimate in loving somebody. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think this is a sweet song, man. I mean, it's <laughs> it's definitely different, you know, from the Tupac in the sense that I think Tupac was really talking about getting killed by some fucking gangster. Right, but... <laughs> right, 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 right. This man is talking about if he should die, and once again, a guy, Marvin Gaye, prophesizing an early death because he would die at the age of 40, 44, 43, yeah. 40, no, 44 would he die. So he's prophesizing his death, and that's a theme that we've seen throughout this series. Pox, Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass with his car accident, Kanye West uh, in a song talking about his mother dying young, we, it's a theme throughout this entire entire uh, um, a series that how artists can predict future gloom for them. But he's not he's not talking about um, 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 dying young because of his lifestyle. He's just telling the woman if he should die, he would die happy and fulfilled because he was with you, just like. A, I've told my lady over and over again, borrowing for Marvin, that if I die tonight, I die a happy man because I was with you. I've been with you. Deep, deep, deep song. The unfortunate thing about it, though, Logan, it's not 100% prophetic because when he does die, and we'll talk about his death in part two. We won't talk about it now. We'll talk about it in part two. He's not with a woman he loves. He's not with the woman he loves when he dies. He he dies of not only is it a horrendous death, but he dies alone. Yeah, was there a woman particular that he was talking about or is it just do we know who he was with? Well at at this point in time he's going through divorce with uh Anna Gordy, Barry Gordy's uh sister. Now I'm glad you brought up who 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 he's with at this time because we didn't go into it earlier because we didn't cover the first part of his career. When Marvin Gaye first signed to Motown, 
1969, 1960, around that time, he wanted to be the black Frank Sinatra. Remember I told you uh, the way he looked, right? He was he had these tuxedos and these suits, and he looked like Frank Sinatra from the 40s and 50s. And his first couple of albums, he was singing, he was crooning, he was a crooner. And that shit wasn't selling because that shit don't sell in the black community in 1960-61. And Barry Gordy really wasn't paying any attention to him. He was on the back of the line with all the other artists despite his incredible talent. Marvin Gaye started dating Anna Gordy, who was 17 years older than him, right? When they got married, Marvin was 24, and she was 41. They got married in 1963, and when they got married, Logan, that's, or actually before they started, when they got serious, when he started dating Anna, that's when Barry was like, well, you know, I got to take care of my sister. Because that's my sister's man Marvin started getting a push Now Marvin's talent deserved it But he got a quicker push Because of who he was dating And I've always felt That They used each other uh, Marvin and Anna Anna saw this good looking I know he got a big dick (laughs) (laughs) Marvin Gaye And like This is what I'm going to use my pull I'm getting him. I don't give a goddamn what I got to do. So she approached. I'm sure she approached him. But if he approached her, he was like, yeah, I see her looking at me. She's not bad looking for an older woman. Uh, yeah, I think I could. I think I could use her to get to the front door. <laughs> so in my opinion, they used each other. He he was. He was whining and dining the owner's sister and she saw this big dick good looking dude and she saw he was talented oh yeah i'm going to promise him she was she was uh, she was uh, she used him as it was a cat it was a perfect example of the cash couch <laughs> and they used each other and i never thought that they loved each other well she loved him she de- i know she loved him because he got her 16-year-old sister pregnant. Or cousin, no, 16-year-old niece. My bad. He got her 16-year-old niece, Marvin Jr., Marvin III, because Marvin Gaye Sr., who we'll talk about more next time, which was referenced in the Raekwon Marvin song that you heard at the beginning. Marvin Gaye, Anna's husband, had a baby from her 16-year-old niece. And she didn't leave him. You know what she did? Okay, Marvin. Since my since since my niece is sixteen and we don't want any scandal with with our marriage or the they uh they sent her away somewhere and they took the baby and they adopted the baby. We don't know how long Marvin the third didn't know that his uh so called mother was actually his aunt. <laughs> wow. Unfucking real. So yes, I believe Anna loved Marvin. I don't think Marvin ever loved Anna. He cheated on several women, and like I mentioned earlier in the program, I've always felt his true love was Tammy Terrell. He's married to Anna Gordy while he's in love with Tammy Terrell, but that doesn't go anywhere because Tammy Terrell's in love and in a relationship with David Ruffin. So this, you see how uh, if they ever did a movie on Marvin Gaye. 
that this would be incredible, and I see why the the estate and the family of Marvin Gaye is blocking any type of movie on his life because it would be scandalous. <laughs> Absolutely. But we're not here to judge the man's uh, proclivities for other women. Him using the owner's uh, 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 sister to get his foot in the door. We're talking about the music. And if I should die tonight, to answer your question, I'm not sure if he was dating Janice yet. She might have been too. I don't know if he met her yet. Janice would be his second wife. And she was 17 when they got married. So, uh. As you see, there was a lot of R. Kelly and Marvin Gaye. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, this just might have been... different than 14. Yeah, but, he, but he got the 16-year-old niece pregnant. I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pattern here, big man. There's a pattern here. There's a pattern. Uh, just like uh, Robert... Robert Kelly. All right, enough... Enough pedophilia talk. Let's get on uh, to the next song. Next song. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you dig into the history of music, and I'm I'm going to keep this short, but the history of music, the greats of the greats, the greatest of the greats, unfortunately, have done this, and it's a laundry list of legends. Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis Presley. Chuck Berry, James Brown, Bobby Womack. Um, there's only a few, if you look at the all-time greats, that didn't do that. You know, Stevie Wonder being one of them. All right, so uh, when you judge an artist by what they've done in their, in their bedroom with women underage, you got to judge them all. Judge them all. And if you do go into if you do go into that closet and look up every one of these dudes and when they first met their wives, you know, Elvis Presley told everybody, I didn't touch her till she was 18. I we met when she was 14. We were just friends. Yeah. The day she turned 18, you married her ass. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ain't that a coincidence, right? No, I don't want to get on my soapbox, but if people, Logan, went into the closet and look and looked up every single one of their favorite singers from today to 1955, and I'm talking about men, and they see the ages that these women were when they first got with that woman. They might be following two or three singers right now. <laughs> Oh, baby, you sure love me, boy. 
continues the theme of let's get it on in which he's dating this woman they finally make love and now that he's made love to her he doesn't want to stop making love to her just like in the song please stay you sure love to ball is him just wanting to have sex with her all the time doesn't want her to leave okay i love the very first line oh baby please turn yourself around oh baby so i can love you good he wants to hit it from the back <laughs> Today, they would say, let me hit you from the back doggy style. No, 
No, Marvin makes you think with his lyrics. And he goes, oh, baby, please turn yourself around. Oh, baby, so I can love you good. I'm And you sure love to ball. We, I don't know if that term was as prevalent then as it is now. When you talk about you want to ball with a woman, you want to fuck her. I, but you, you might have to credit that term to Marvin Gaye. Oh, honey, you sure love to ball. She loves to fuck. Oh, now, I just love you, that's all. I've got my mind made up, baby. Oh, there's no doubts. Oh, baby, that you're my foxy lady. Oh, baby, you sure love to ball. This is a song about his lust, constant need to have sex with the woman he's in love with, that he's in love with, that he's in lust with. Your thoughts, big man? Yeah, I mean, this is... This guy's really like into his women, man. I mean, you could just <laughs> with all these R&B singers. That's what they do. With oh, by the way, I'm glad you brought up brought up him into his woman. He's got the beard now, right? And despite yeah. the fact that he's hiding that gorgeous face of his from the 1960s, women loved him in the 60s. From 1970 until 74, 75, he's the number one. He's the number one sex symbol in the black community, in the black music world. Who would take his spot is a guy we talked about earlier this year and a guy we'll talk about later this year. Teddy Pendergrass, who was a younger, better looking with the beard than Marvin Gaye and who sang even more powerful than Marvin Gaye. You could just you can you could make an argument that Teddy Pendergrass was a better looking, more powerful sounding Marvin Gaye. So it was like the the, the torturous past. But I think what affected Marvin also was he began to do music sporadically, as we'll talk about in part two, because of his issues with drugs and his issues with the women in his life. First Anna, and then later Janice. We'll talk more about that. What drugs? Uh, it was cocaine and alcohol. Uh, cocaine and, and alcohol. Uh, cocaine. 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 And PCP. He used a lot of PCP, too. PCP? Angel dust? PC. Yup. Yup. When he died, when he died, when he was murdered by his father, we'll talk more about this in part two, they found a significant amount of PCP and cocaine during during the autopsy. Now, who's playing the instruments in these songs? Just... The Funk Brothers. I'm oh, glad okay. you brought that up. The Funk Brothers. Now, and I'm not talking about Dory and Terry Funk. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Remember when we talk about when we talked about Teddy Pendergrass? You asked the same question, and I told you the the, the studio band that Philly International that Gamble and Huff used was called Mother, Father, Sister, Brother. Motown had their own in-house session band, and they were called the Funk Brothers. None of them guys are last name Funk, but they were a group of incredible musicians who might be, and I'm going to say, are the greatest studio uh, studio session group of all time. There was an incredible documentary made on them, I want to say almost 20 years ago. I think it came out in 2003. Standing in the shadows of Motown, and they talked about all the work, and they they worked, they did the music for 
Marvin, Stevie, the Jackson Five, the Temptations, the Four Tops, Diana Ross and the Supremes. The list is endless. All right, I, we can go all day talking about it. And you know that they weren't given royalties until the early 2000s. None of those guys made a penny. They were they 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 were on a salary, and then once they were no longer working for Motown, they didn't receive any royalties until the 21st century. And by that time, several of the members had died already. Wow, it's criminal, criminal. Because without them, these songs are not the same. That's true. Because remember, you talked about the beginning of the song, how you didn't even have to hear the lyrics to love the song because of the music they play. Yep. Because of these musicians. Uh, uh, man. Marvin was on another level at this point in time. Unfucking real. Next song we talk about, just to keep you satisfied. My second favorite Marvin Gaye song of all time. Go ahead and knock it out, baby. You were my wife, my life, my hopes and dreams. For you to understand what this means, I shall explain. I stood all the jealousy, all the bitching too. Yes, I'd forget it all once in bed with you. Oh, darling, how could we end up like this? Oh, baby, let me Stop the hands of time You set my soul on fire My one desire was to love you Think of you with pride And keep you satisfied
It's too late for you and me It's too late for you and I Much too late for you to cry It's too late for you and me Much too late for you and I It's too late for you and me Much too late for you to cry, baby God knows we tried Now it's too late To live and love It's too late, baby It's too late for you and me Much too late for you to cry This song right here is the climactic song of the album because it's bringing everything to full circle, the relationship with this woman. It started with Let's Get It On, how he's in lust with this woman, and he's in love with this woman. They finally get it on. You got the songs in which he doesn't want her to leave because he can't have enough of her. Well, um... Just to keep you satisfied, that's the end of the relationship. And by the way, this definitely is a song about him and his woman, his wife at the time, Anna Gordy, because she co-wrote this song. (laughs) So, like when we talked about in the first Stevie Wonder podcast, where him and his ex-wife wrote songs together that chronicled the breakup of their marriage, the, the heartbreak in their marriage. This similar, very similar here with Anna and Marvin Gaye. And wow, I mean, the words in this song are so damn heart-wrenching, so deep. It begins, you were my wife, my life, my hopes and dreams. For you to understand what this means, I shall explain. I stood all the jealousy, all the bitching to, yes, I'd forget it all. Once in bed with you. Now remember, there's, goes, there's a theme of the song. He's taking the problems of his marriage, but he's adding it to the theme of the song, the concept of the album. Because earlier in the album, on the two songs, Please Stay and You Sure Love the Ball, all he wants to do is make love to this woman all day. In this song, he's talking about the problems he's having with Anna, and they would go away. What's in bed with you? I mean, this is fucking insane. A fucking songwriting genius is Marvin Gaye. Your thoughts? I got a couple more thoughts of the song, but your thoughts so far on this song? <laughs> now, this song, <laughs> this song left me speechless, man. I, I understand why you like this song. My one desire, my one desire was to love you and think of you with pride and keep you satisfied. Ooh, oh, baby, oh, baby, we could not bear the mental strain. Leave you, I never meant to. 
Now you see how much you hurt me. And But I love this part. Probably my favorite part of the song. But if you ever need me, I'll be by your side. Despite, they're breaking up. This is the end of the marriage. But he's telling the love is so deep that he will be by her side whenever uh, she needs him. Through the many happy times we had can really never outweigh the bad. And you know what? If a relationship ends, if me and my lady break up today, she cannot tell her friends, her parents, her son. Well, her son definitely knows. But he, she cannot tell anybody she loves or cares about that the good times that her and I shared far outweigh the bad. Right? This is some great shit right here, man. Oh, man. Oh, oh, I never loved nobody like I love you, baby. Now it's time for us to say farewell. Farewell, my darling. Maybe we'll meet down the line. And then the last minute and a half of the song is him basically crying about the end of that relationship. Man. Beautiful. This uh, I, I, I went out. This is just a beautiful song. Marvin motherfucking gay. And he was only 44 when he died. He had so much more music to give to the world. Damn. The good die young and the evil. Any final thoughts, Logan, before we go on to the final song and wrap it up here on what was probably the most enlightening episode we've ever done on Logan's time travel? <laughs> no, man. I mean, just much to say. We, you said so much, and you've you've really done a great job, man, like giving me a history lesson on this guy because I just all I knew him by was a few of these songs so I really appreciated hearing it all this stuff and I'm sure the listeners did too man so thank you oh what what I what this was two of the first albums I remember my parents playing over and over again because I was three and five when these albums came out in 1971 and 1973 and my parents would play these songs and these albums over and over again when I, when I uh, find, matter of fact, today I was in my storage, uh, putting away a bunch of my beloved son's stuff away, and I ran into those albums. These albums are in my storage, and I'm like, let me read through the linear notes real quick. Maybe I can um, talk about it on the podcast. And man, he wrote every fucking song. If he didn't write the song, he co-wrote it with with somebody else. This man's a master. Uh, he was a master. He one of the greatest singer-songwriters, if not the greatest singer-songwriter of all time. He's on that Stevie Wonder, Sam Cooke, you name it, level of a guy who, Lionel Richie, who wrote his own. Nobody else wrote for Marvin after uh, Tammy's passing. Before, like my father used to always say, there was a before Tammy and after Tammy Marvin. When Marvin first married Anna and he was getting in good with Barry. He sang a lot of songs written by other people. I Heard You Through the Grapevine was not written by him. It was written by somebody else. Once he took creative control of his own music after Tammy died and he wrote everything for himself, then you saw the true greatness in him. And he's one, he, he's up there. If you told me, Logan, if you were a huge fan of Marvin Gaye, told me he was the greatest of all time, I can't argue with it. Just like I can't argue if you say Michael was the greatest of all time, Prince was the greatest of all time, Sade is the greatest of all time. I can't argue with it because those people 
wrote great music, sang great music, and made you feel their music in the pit of your stomach, and you can relate to their music. Yep. Unreal. Unreal. And I'm getting off my soapbox right now. Uh, next time on Logan's Time Travel Musical Historical Historical Retrospective of Legends, we will be talking about Nas Part 3, Nas from the early 2000s, 2002 to 2006. We'll be talking Nas Part 3. That'll be on June 1st. Um want to wish my brother, Logan, very happy birthday. We're recording Thank this you, the day bro. before his birthday. And, yes, my birthday was a couple of days before this. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go out with uh, Distant Lover, the live version. The original version was on Let's Get, uh, the Let's Get It On version, but was on the Let's Get It On album. But my favorite version of this song is the live version that was on his live album in which Marvin just killed. In this song, he's talking about a woman that no longer is around. She's distant, distant lover. And you can hear the angst and pain as he cannot stop thinking about this woman. And it continues the theme of let's get it on. But we do the live version because the live version captures the heartache and the and how much he misses and loves this woman, a pain that we've all gone through. And man, you know, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather be pushed off a twelve foot cliff than to uh, than to uh, have my heart broken by the woman I love, and she's in another country or another state, and all I could do is just look at her picture and distant lover. So I'm ahead <laughs> with that. Logan, go ahead and and get us out of here. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Once over and. Thanks for coming on. We'll talk soon.
Sugar. 